0: Okay. So yeah, almost August here and I'm just like over the moon. Very delighted. Um, I'm just feeling like over the moon for many things. One thing is I've been able to keep up with like kind of a like physical activity mindset as I've been move- moving forward with my days, which is good. Thankfully, <laughs> So funny, my mood really does change with the weathers and with the, the level of air quality. Um, no surprise there. Um, but that's kind of like my whole idea here where I'm just expressing gratitude that, hey, smoke has been lessened in this area. And I'm loving it, right? Like I, I don't want to ever take for granted good quality air that I never even considered is a thing that is consistent usually in this area right like i live by the mountains and i just kind of always thought oh well you just go outside and you breathe good air right like isn't that just like a human thing like you just do that like isn't that just what everybody has or you know what's available in the world like and then when i think of it further i'm like oh wow like you know as i've been looking at these maps and stuff that talk about how good air quality is in certain areas of the world and other areas, not so much. It's been so humbling to be like, oh my goodness, I live a life that is sheltered from like really poor air quality constantly, right? Like, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel so grateful, so grateful that I've been like born in this area, that it's been easy to stay in this area, right? and pretty much that's like paradise right like I have these friends and this isn't even about air quality anymore this is just about heat and like temperatures and climate and everything but just this idea like I have these friends that move from the southern not southern states but the hot desert area in the states and they talk about how it's just like a drought you know like it's dusty and it's white like because it's so dry and for me it's just like what in the world like how could you live that way and then they talk about coming here and how it's literally like like such a paradise because it's cool basically here it's like air conditioned the way that they try to have all their machines make it air conditioned but you just feel that way when you step outside or you know you just you try to you just live that because it's all around you that's what this area feels like when you're just living here right (laughs) and so anyways i'm just like man we are so blessed we are just so blessed so that's amazing and then the other part yeah i already talked about like the fitness part how like that feels so good to have that just be a no-brainer just keep physically active and and i just feel so thankful for that i was just talking with my husband on our morning walk here just this whole idea like hey I had not not really realized that the life that we live where we're just like active every day, eating healthy every day, that that's like a major life struggle for some people, right? Maybe a lot of people, maybe like every people, right? Like, it's not an easy thing to just say, hey, I'm gonna wake up today and I'm gonna eat healthy and you actually do it. Hey, I'm gonna wake up today and I'm gonna be physically active and you actually do it, right? And to me, that's just, like, so humbling. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, because, because, of course, I wasn't always this way, right? Like, I, of course, you know, I was in that stage growing up as a child where I didn't really know what it was like to eat, like, raw vegetables or whatever, right? Or, like, like, I just, you know, there was a certain point in my life where all my diet was literally junk food all the time, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was just, it didn't really matter what what time of day it is how many times I've already had it there was no rationing it was just all access right and yeah so because of that you know there's different instances where I just really felt like my life was TV and junk food literally all the time for like probably a couple years Um, because it took a couple years for our lifestyle at that point to transition out of that Um, and it was mostly just like, uh, I thought because of fluke, but who knows what was the background story of why, why that, that lifestyle stopped. But basically it just got to a point personally anyways, where it was like, you know, I could have access to those things, but like, for the most part, I just want to thankfully I had a friend that just invited me to join a sport with her this is the first time I was ever going to be in a sport I had always heard about my friends and people getting into soccer and things like that and that was never something that was made available to me but when she said hey I'm going to do this like um she was going to start doing rugby or something and she's like I want to do this it's once a week three hours a week um and I want to go and do it and like do you want to go and do it with me? And so when she said it, I was like, oh, well, sweet. That sounds good. Like, why not, right? So then that really opened up my perspective to be like, yeah, why not? So, so then I did. I signed up with her and said, hey, I will do it with you. You tell me what, what needs to happen, how much it costs. I'll do it with you. And so we did it three hours every Sunday, Saturday, and it, (laughs) It was kind of like one of those big shocking moments like you know i thought i was kind of a sporty kind of a kid i really liked playing at recess and things like that but it wasn't until we signed up for this thing as like 12 year old 13 year olds that i was like oh goodness i am so not fit right like i was just like dying i was like there was no way that i can run for like three hours every day like thankfully this is only once once a week right and then so it's like kind of like a boot camp (laughs) every saturday And it was really fascinating to me because one, I really didn't love the fact that I was dying every time that we did this. And so in some ways it was kind of like a self-confidence thing when I had noticed the difference of how I felt when I would go and do the run thing after a big junk food day, the day before, versus when I would go and I noticed like, hey, I didn't have junk food the day before, right? Like, you know, just like, it, it was just like a really stark contrast. I was like, huh how come I can run better on days that I don't have the junk food and on days that I do, it's like, I can't even, I can barely run, right? Like I can just walk, right? I just can't get the energy up to just do that without feeling like I'm just dying. Right? And so that became really clear. I was like, huh, maybe there's some correlation between like what I put in my mouth and how my body performs. Like, it just never occurred to me until that moment. It was just always this, like, idea that people talked about, oh, hey, drink this so that you can have strong bones, eat this so you can have these vitamins. But it never occurred to me that that would connect to a person's performance at a certain lifestyle choice that they wanted to make of, of performing in a certain sport or doing any kind of activity that they would want to enjoy in their life, right, and how that could improve every activity that a person could ever want to do right so then that was like a big aha moment and then after that like I decided getting to get into other more sports like more seriously whether it was volleyball or wrestling or different things and and then like soccer and and like you know just just go and do things right like Um, eventually I started doing like yoga, like after all of that journey, um, going to like yoga studios, like once a week or whatever, and just doing that and, you know, doing my phys ed online kind of stuff. And gradually over time, as I participated in all these different activities, it became clearer and more clearer. Like the more cleaner I ate, the better I was able to perform, um, and the more, the more junkier i ate you know like i remember i still remember the days when i would just be way focused focus focus eating clean and doing two hours of wrestling and then and then like there was like one time where i ate like a chocolate right before practice (laughs) and i just remember feeling like that was such a waste of my time because i just ate it and then it was like two hours of just constant like i feel so gross you know like this is what people describe to me of why they hate exercise this is that feeling of feeling so gross and like feeling like this is such a waste of time and feeling like you hate every second of it it's because of this like for me that's how my body responded and when my body would respond to that right so then i just thought to myself you know what that makes a lot of sense and so it just like occurred to me i was like yeah like i i always want like you know it just became more and more clear i always want to be able to be living in a certain way where. It's a no brainer to want to be active and to do the things that I want to do. I don't ever want to live in a kind of way where it's like, oh, well, because I ate this, like I now have to wait a day before I can go and do that activity that I really like to do, right? And really enjoy it on the same level that I would enjoy it because of my, you know, because of the nutrition that I had decided to partake in, right? Um, and then like later on in my journey, I think I had, you know, I had, um, I just like gotten way more clear perspective about how I wanted to move forward with nutrition in my life as like a consistent kind of a health routine. And so as I was like adopting this more like routine, it became really clear that like, oh, well, when I eat this way. It makes it so I can feel like I can just pick up and run and it's as if I've been training for months, right? It's like as if I like I just don't huff and puff. It's like I can pick up and run and I don't huff and puff. And that was like boggling my mind. Because for me before, it was like, oh, well there's no way you can just pick up and do that if you haven't like trained and conditioned for a week to just pick up and go and do something. That's like super hardcore active, right? Whereas for me, as I was like, as I became more and more inactive in some ways in my life, but more and more high, um, focused, highly focused on nutrition, I was really, really boggled by when I would go into like different high energy kind of activities that I didn't really break a sweat. I wasn't huffing and puffing, and I was just totally fine to do it. And that really opened up my eyes. I was like, wow, there really is something going on here. There's something going on here with this nutrition thing that really does make a difference for a person to just be able to perform in their life in a way that just is supportive, right? And so that was like mind-blowing for me. I was like, wow, this is awesome, right? Like this, if anything, having really good, solid nutrition in a person's life, it's efficient, right? Like it makes us, it so you don't waste time having to get back on track, right? You're just on track. And so then you can just keep going on that track and keep your progress going and not have to worry about, oh, hey, when's the next time I'm going to, like, fumble here or there because then I'm going to have to schedule in all of that extra time that I'm going to have to catch up, right? Rather than just be like, no, like, I'm already living the life that I need to be living and we can just move forward from here. We can just keep moving forward. Rather than thinking, oh, well, I need to have time, I need to schedule in time for cleanup. Kind of like for me, okay, this is like the best example (laughs) because for me, an opposite area of my life that I, I do this in is cleaning, for example. You know, I'm sure there's people out there that totally like keep up with their cleaning, you know, and totally do the whole like, I just clean up after every mess that I make. And so I can just live a life where I just feel like I can live it. And I don't have to schedule like so much cleaning, right? Because it's already getting cleaned up. Okay, so, ah, it's so wonderful. I am smitten, overcome with joy and just totally glad. Um, I It is like August 3rd and I am reflecting on all the positive memories of the last day Cause yesterday was my dad's birthday and uh, you know, all the grandkids and them and my sister and you know, like it was 16 people all together and there we were just getting together, you know, like the anticipation of getting together is always like, Oh, got to prepare this, got to prepare that for a person that doesn't like prepare things very naturally. It's just like, uh, like so much adulting <laughs> Anyways, and then, um, But then once they were here it was like this calm of like oh this is what we were doing it for right like this was so worth it i am so glad we just decided to keep following through with this plan of them just coming my sister having her campground spot my parents coming and then we go get ready to do a little like national park thing and just go there And have this like lovely like it was even a smoky day right but we still got to just go there and like my favorite little moments were just like walking with my dad beside him as he's walking up to the the sounds of the waves like at the lake shore and he's like i haven't heard this sound in a long time you know in the in the city that i live in right now like the the river it it doesn't make the same sounds as this as he's like sitting down, he's like, I want to put my feet in the water, and then he, you know, like he's got his cane and stuff, right? So he's just slowly getting there, right? And then he gets his chair, gets his cane, and and then he sits there, and then he starts taking off his socks, and then he takes off his shoes, and he just puts his feet in. He gets his cane, and he starts walking into the water. <laughs> and after a little while, he complains to my mom. He's like, You didn't, you didn't pull up my my pant legs. Far enough so I could go into the water any any further. <laughs> and he just loved it. And I just was like yelling at my husband. I was like, I think my dad's a water baby. So I go around and get my camera and I'm just so delighted that he could feel such a shift. Like and then I was talking with him after and he's like this you know, the sounds of the water there just brings back so many memories. And I'm just like, Oh, that's so awesome. I'm like, What like what memories? And he's like talking about like when he first went to Hong Kong, for example. And just like all of the memories about that experience in his life. And just just the water coming against the 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 land. And I didn't get much more. But I was just glad that we had that experience. So he could just have a moment of memory lane. And then afterwards, we're just hanging out there. We go back to a campground. And we just... You know start preparing for his cake and i was kind of tizzied out at that point i was just like this is so not worth it (laughs) because like the cake thing i didn't have all the ingredients i was thinking of and then i was just so like i guess like natural man puffed up with pride and like like just kind of offended in general so i had this like bubble of offense that was just all around being like "Ah." but thankfully we just moved forward anyways went there and got it all prepared and then we just um did yeah like and then it turned out really nice because you know it was going to be a flop anyways in my head so I was just totally open I just made the shapes that I wanted to make to put together for a cake and then I had one of the the cousins like one of my nieces um help with like arranging like you know like putting sprinkles on top of snow and my daughter helps with like putting a little like gnome <laughs> gnome door and like some extra like Asian fruit all around and and they had a good time with that. And then they all had a little singing practice of like how to sing the happy birthday song and the way that they did it this time where they said san san long so they san file. And it's kind of cute because it's almost like when you ever I know anyways, whenever I'm in a sp- public kind of space and somebody starts singing happy birthday, it's like everyone pauses. So they can just be in that moment with them. And it's kind of cute because I saw some like campground members around us, like not in our campsite, but other campsites, like they all looked over as we were singing. And it was like they one, they probably were pausing because they, that they recognized that tune. And two, I think they were also pausing maybe for a moment to be like, hey, that's another language that I'm not familiar with maybe. And they're like, oh, you know, like they're just taking the time to develop that one uh, connectedness with the song and two, maybe even empathy of being like, hey, there's some people there having a great time and they don't speak the same language as me. They're obviously different. And here we are all together in the same campground anyways, right? Like, there we go. (laughs) Like, that's awesome. So I was just like, yeah, this is, this is amazing. And my dad was so complimentary. He was just like, oh, wow. Look at it. He's like, wow. You know, He, it, my dad doesn't easily get impressed about stuff. So when he was just like looking at this cake, be like, wow. You know, I was like, oh, well, thanks. Right. <laughs> like, I think he liked it that there was coconut on it in my head. Because when I was growing up, I always saw him with like, you know, different like Goblets of stacks of ice cream cones, whatever we would do some ice cream at night And he'd always sprinkle and like douse his with like as many coconut flakes as he could put on and I was like You're so funny because I would try it. And I'd be like look, I don't like that flavor I don't like the texture, but it's kind of funny how I am kind of a big coconut queen these days like it's just familiar to me like And it's not like it's my favorite, favorite, but it's, it's kind of like a good survival food for me, um, to feel like I can get some good thickener, thick consistency and like creaminess amongst like other fruits and like different types of recipes and stuff. So it works really well. And I wouldn't be surprised that it's because of my upbringing of being familiar with things like coconut from my upbringing or familiar with things like ginger that's become like a major part of my meals. Um, it's kind of funny because I, I resented and I hated it as, as when I was little, but as I grew up, it became something easy for me to embrace when I needed to. Right. And so that was kind of neat how that has switched in me because of my connection with my parents. And so that's been really neat, um, as well. Um, yeah, so we did the song, my dad was happy. I decided to do a little like, um, cause he turned 72 I think we were counting because it's his birthday. So then I d- decided to do a little 72 massage, 72 massage presses <laughs> on his back. And I was counting in Chinese. I messed up a few, a few times, but I think it was kind of neat for the cousins, you know, all of the 11 year olds and under to two year olds, like to be able to hear Chinese and ha- hear someone kind of try at it and kind of fall and try it again and, and just make it kind of like a playful thing. Like it's not just like not some kind of like obligation duty thing to speak Chinese or whatever, or to deny or forget that you are like, it's, it's a real thing to just embrace it and to make it a superpower of something to be able to spread honor to those that we knew before or do know right now who speak that, right? Like that's just, just just common sense. Like creating unity and love and spreading that openly and all of that. So I'm just really glad to be living in a little town with my family and just like really preserving whether it's our faith or our heritage and those kinds of things and being in our own little like bubble space because I just love the level in which I just see these kids of mine that it's like a no brainer. Like, we are constantly, not constantly, but it's deeply, genuinely in us. Like, whenever we have spare time, we go and find, like, a Chinese video to just, like, go and absorb in the Chinese culture of a lady doing ancient Chinese practice stuff and, and just, like, totally living, like, the, the, from, from scratch kind of a lifestyle in, like, a Chinese, in her Chinese place, right? Like, and she's got the clothes, she's got the, you know, she does all the, from scratch cooking, from her garden, from her farm, and she just goes for it every time she makes anything and she does the same with thing with her crafts. So it's been like so much fun to immerse in those things or immerse in novels that are all like from a Chinese perspective, or like immerse in you know like other other kinds of books that just like touch on that. like I was just listening to a, a talk the other day um, by an author that I really, really respect because she just does a fabulous job with the books that I've read of hers. And she's like an American Chinese. So anyways, I've been reading her books and then I listened to a talk she gave the other day and I was super blown away because she was able to talk about something that I just thought was so spot on. You know, she kind of talked about being ashamed of being Chinese for so much of her life. And um, and it became a thing where she just kind of denied it altogether. you know she would curl her hair she wouldn't want to speak a language like she just wouldn't want to do any of the things that were typically chinese she hated she felt horrified when people called her out as being chinese all of those kinds of things right until she got to this point where she was studying overseas and she was talking with this gentleman at a table and they were back and forth learning about each other and he kept asking her he's really adamant he's like so you know what's the story of your family moving from this place in china to america or like how do you say this in chinese and all these kinds of things and she just look at him dumbfounded and be like i don't know like why are you asking me i'm american i'm not chinese I, like i'm not actually chinese i'm born in america right like and she you know she she's like you know i could spout out anything he wanted to if he asked me anything about italy because that's the city that i was just living in right i could tell you about this and this and the history of this and all of that kind of stuff right but to ask me those questions and for me to not be able to answer it was the first time she said that she's like it was the first time that i felt shame for the right reason (laughs) I was like, oh, that's what that is. And anyways, I bring it up because I was just listening to a talk this morning. And I'm getting ready with my husband. And, like, he's getting himself ready. I'm getting myself ready. We're listening to this talk in the bathroom. And just, I just love this one line. Oh, yeah. Before I forget, like, the lady I was just talking about, like, the author, the talk lady... Her name's Grace Lynn. does an awesome job with books. I love her. Man, that's awesome. Anyways, moving on. Um, When she said that, it just rung true to me. And then it rung true to me a second time today as I was listening to a different talk by a different person, actually a gentleman that I've been following and listening to his talks for like the last, I don't know, 17 years or something. Anyways, I love listening to his talks because he explains things so clearly that you could never misunderstand what he's saying. He's just totally clear. Anyways. he was talking about this concept about something that is like, you know, just like the whole idea in general, that things are created at basically as ideas before they can come out as a product or a service in full flow, full blown self-actualization. Like what does that look like? Like, for example, like a person might, you know, like they might be thinking something and feeling something in their heart that they really desire. Right. And, and then he talks about this missing key. That's so important for people to engage in so that they can get to the next level of actually self-actualizing it on a consistent basis on a, in a, like a pattern kind of a basis. Right. Um, and it was just so fascinating when he kind of touched on a similar thing too, as this Grace Lynn, she talked about feeling shame for the right reason. And as he was talking, it just it just opened my eyes. Because basically, he was talking about, you know, how things are created spiritually before they're physical, right? Like, anything that has ever been created has started as an idea and then came out as, like, a physical creation of it. And then he talks about it with prayer, in general, it's like this thing where basically you have an opportunity to pray. And then so he starts off with, you know, yes, we know what what prayer is and all of this kind of thing. You know, it's talking to our heavenly parents, talking with our heavenly father in a kind of like a very reverent kind of a way. And then he goes on, hey, like this is an experience I had where we were prompted to think, oh, well, what if we instead of like just constantly pleading for what we want? What if we just tried to just focus this prayer on just appreciation? just gratitude you know because another another leader in his life asked him to just to try it out right so they did and and it was really interesting the way that he described he's like when i was saying that prayer it made it so that like i might have had things i wanted to ask but because i was sharing a gratitude prayer there was different wonderings and questions that i had in my mind that I wanted to ask in the prayer, but I didn't, I restrained myself. And instead I replaced it with gratitude statements of gladness and, you know, gratitude, appreciation, those kinds of things. Right. So then in, in then, um, doing that, it just made it so that he was able to get more ideas about the questions he had. And then, so then when he did that, it was like, okay, then he leads into this next part, which is where I felt like super touched. And he talked about what if instead of, you know, like sharing all the time, you know, the, the conflict and the stress and those kinds of things that we, that we experience, no doubt, um, especially, you know, and the complaining and all of that kind of stuff that we feel, especially about the people that we associate with or whatever, especially the enemies, right? It's like, what if, We could do a little bit more of being even more earnest in praying for other people you know like and and when he said that it just really hit me to the core because i've been struggling for a little while here of this whole concept of really feeling all together you know, like like I'll step into a situation and I'll be with people. And this is kind of new for me because typically I'll step into any situation. I'll blow it out of the park of just being so ready to serve, so ready to interact with people, ready to be outgoing, serving, whatever is needed in that situation, right? Lately, I've been feeling a little extra shy, a little extra old and cranky, and a little extra like a little set in my ways and a little bit not friendly and it, all of this kind of stuff and I wasn't really sure what it was but I think parts of it one in part was just like I feel like it was kind of a blessing actually because I had stepped into this environment that I typically step into every week and I sat there and I just didn't feel like I belonged right like I I wasn't related to anyone I wasn't really good friends with anyone and so I just sat down listened to some stories and it just got to this point where I was like man like, I'm not feeling it, right? Like, I'm just not feeling it. And then I go back home and I just kind of ponder. I'm like, what was that about? But I think, in part, it was like I was preparing to see family that I was related with in just like a day from there, right? Like, not even a day, maybe a few hours, right? And it was like, almost like I felt like I was in this moment of 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 just being able to see myself clearly for what I was in a good, healthy kind of way, Right? Because everybody else will go along their merry way and be with their own families and everything. And that's awesome. And then here I was where I get to see my family, like, once a year. And there they were coming, like, in a couple hours to see me. And and I think it was, like, a preparatory thing of me being like, oh, okay, this is what it feels like to be with people that I'm not family with. and then it And then I come home and I start feeling those feelings again of being like, oh, this is where I belong, right? Like, this is a space where it's welcome for me, right, and then I go and, you know, like, spend time with my family, my immediate family, and then I know that my other immediate family is going to be coming, and then when I experienced that togetherness, it was like, oh, this is the feeling that I needed to feel, right, the contrast, right, because I'm also in a journey of, like, family history stuff, and sometimes I get a little lost and I'm like, why am I even doing this? Right? Like why, why go through all the effort? But clearly, you know, it's, it's always been done for the purpose of remembering, of remembering and remembering and remembering, right? Like I don't ever want to forget the joyful experiences that I have when I reunite with my parents or when we celebrate our birthday, or whatever, right? Like, and and the, those are evidence of truth of being like this is a true principle, to to keep families as forever, to make sure that we can be together for eternity, and not just forget and think that you can go on without, right? And it's not, it's just not. So, anyways, as I was going back to the shame thing. I can feel that. I can totally understand what Gracelyn's saying there, where it's like, yeah, I feel shameful for the right reasons, right? It's like, I'm learning. Like there, This isn't even what I exactly wanted to talk about, but this does relate. It's like, I feel shameful in some ways for how many years I didn't care to really make the effort to make more family time happen. You know, I was so busy running away from different struggles and triggers I was struggling with at the time, that it was way easier to just run away than really hit it face on and just be so willing to just work through the challenges, right? So that was awesome. And then the second part was I got this like kind of a stirring personal revelation moment where like, you know, when Elder Bednar said that thing where he said, hey, what if we could pray earnestly for, the, for our enemies? You know, what, like, and what if, you know, like, and then he asked very clearly, he's like, do the people that you love and serve, do they feel your prayers for them? Do they know that you're praying for them? Do they feel your prayers for them? Like, and, and he said it so matter of factly, as if he had had experiences where he's like, no, if a person is praying earnestly enough, other people will feel their prayers and they will want to tell you. I felt your prayers. Right. And that's just like a, a that's a natural, organic friendship, family kind of experience that people have amongst prayerful people. Right. And I was just like, oh, that's so beautiful. And he's like, if people can't feel your prayers, you need to repent. Right. Like, and, like he didn't say it even like that because he's so much more softer and so much more elegant and like, you know, like so much more. better teacher than I am I'm a little bit more like straight up bold and it's not really a good teaching way to do things but he just said it like that he's just like if other people can't feel your prayers and you don't hear from them that they felt your prayers like it's a good time to repent because we can do better you know we can do better at being even more earnest even more specific with our prayers for other people so that they can they can feel them and not only they though, you know, because I, when he said it, for some reason, I got the, the white on the page. That was the black on the page where he was talking about, when I say black, I'm saying ink in a book, you know, like when people write a book, there's ink, that's the black on the page. And the white is the, the page they're actually writing on the, the invisible stuff. Like the invisible that I got from that message was this general feeling of like, oh, this is not so much about prayer this or shame that. It's actually about me finding my willingness and desire to actually pray for every single person. Like me, praying for my husband, praying for my kids, praying for every single person that we actually interact with, starting with that, praying for every single person that I've ever interacted with, starting with that, and then moving on to all the others, right, of people... That, that I don't even know, right? But how important is it to actually have earnest prayers for other people? And I really, it just stung in my heart, this feeling of like, oh, I really do think I could do better at that. And then I pondered back on those instances where I felt like I was stepped into situations where I was feeling unfriendly, or feeling a little snobbish, or feeling a little like I didn't fit in, and just feeling like kind of grumpy about my situation. And now after having this little like tidbit of just like little like spiritual life hack, I'm just like, oh, you know, I could repent, right? Like I totally could repent. And I totally could be like, oh, well, who are the people that I was kind of feeling animosity towards or, or feeling a little judgmental towards or feeling a little grumpy towards? And it's just like, no, I could spend a little more time praying for them. You know, if I know their name, I can say their name in the prayer. If I don't, I can be like this person, right? Like please bless them, right? This person I have that in their face in my in my in my thoughts and in my heart and I'm like, yeah, I can do that. You know, sometimes I have this overwhelming desire to be generous with people, and I sometimes I feel like I'm kind of trapped in my desire, it's like I'm in a box, like in a soundproof box and I'm looking out a window and I see people that need help. And it's just like, I'm screaming like, Oh, like I'm, I'm, I'll help you and whatever. But I'm just in this box. Like I feel like this mime and, and it's like, I can't give them exactly what they need. Like, it's like, I'm limited with my powers of creation, with my faith, with my, you know level of my perspective in life with my education or experience and so it's like i notice the suffering and it's like all i can do is like pray for them sometimes sometimes i get the opportunity where someone shares with me something where they're like hey i'd love to have help with this or you know i notice this is a gap in my life and automatically i can be like boom i know exactly what i could do to help if you're willing to it this is exactly what i could do to help with that situation And sometimes it happens that way. Other times it's like this awkward, like I notice suffering and I have to like pray about it and be like, Oh, I notice this is happening. And I just, I feel for it and I want to be able to do something. Right. And sometimes I don't even get to the prayer. Sometimes it just looks like me going up to them, smiling or something, you know, anything to just like lock in my brain and my heart to be like, Hey, I care about this situation right now. I care about this person. I don't even know them, maybe sometimes, right? But I care about them and please send them love, right? Send them the comfort and strength that they need. You know, sometimes people will cut me off or, you know, do funny things when they're driving. And I've gotten into this habit. Where, you know, cause, cause it's typical whenever I'm with anybody else, people do that and they just start spewing out swears and they're just sending all the hatred and anger they possibly can to these people, right? That they don't even know who are in the other vehicles. Like I've been in those situations before and I always pondered it. I'm like, what is this? And so when people do it to me, I, I've come into this habit where I'm just like, I look at them, watch them speed away or whatever. And I'm just like, Oh, my sweet friend, right? <laughs> my sweet friend. Our sweet friend. Right? Like, our sweet friend. Right? Like, I really like to use those terms, our, you know, as if they're mine. Like, because they are. We, they might not know that we're brothers and sisters, but we are, right? Like, and sweet, because that's, like, a special word for me to describe people. Like, for example, I don't even call my family members, like, really, typically at all, like, husband, children, those kind of things. I call my husband my sweetie. Um, or he's my sweet, or he's my honey. Well, I forget. Anyways, he's like all of the above. He's everything, right? And then my kids are my little sweeties, right? Like, they're my little sweeties. They're not my children. They're not my kids. They're actually my little sweeties, right? Like, so that's how I talk to my kids with other people. When I'm, like, talking about them, or talking to them about other kids, or our kids in our family, I'm like, we need to take care of the little sweeties, right? Like, or like, she has lots of little sweeties right like and like i feel like that is the terminology that i use on purpose because i really actually believe in the sacredness that every person is a child of god and he is their little sweetie right like every single person the oldest person the crankiest meanest like crazy later person and like and the tiniest baby they're all little sweeties right like And yes, they might make mistakes. And they're all little baby boo-boos. They're all little toddler tumbles and like all of this kind of stuff because we are like eternal beings that are constantly just learning little things here and there. And yes, we might make mistakes where we punch someone in the face or we say the wrong thing or we like, you know, really make bad choices, but they're all still little sweeties, right? Like, and so at the end of the day, it's like, I have to just get into this mind and space in my heart, space in my mind and heart where it's like, I have to realize that I'm not in charge of the little sweeties. My job is to love the little sweeties, to pray for them. You know, they're they're all my siblings, right? And And recognize that my heavenly parents have got this. Like they've got all the other stuff covered, right? And they just want me to be a ministering sister, right? Like they just want me to be a ministering big sister for those that I'm a big sister for a little sister for the ones I'm a little sister for and just call it good right and not worry so much about the bigger picture of all the things that they're in charge of right and so that has given me a lot of peace and calm to be like no worries mom and dad's got this they got the disciplinary thing covered I don't need to be in charge of the discipline of someone else like they got it right like like I just need to look at someone and be like oh our, our sweetie our sweet friend right like our little sweetie right and and that really that really helps me to be like yeah let's keep doing this let's do this because that that is what I want to do like if there's this one um ancient text that I love reading and it talks about this one historical time when these people um met with a person that they call Jesus Christ and they the background of this person who they met was basically they knew that he was one person that sacrificed for them so that they could you know be breathing and living like in that second so they finally met this person that they loved so much they looked forward to meeting him finally met him and he's like this amazing mentor person for them right and he's about to leave and there there's three of them and they're just like oh like we would really love because he's going around asking everybody's wishes kind of thing like what would you want if i could give you something right basically he just went around just ministering he just wanted to help before he left and he could feel in their hearts what they wanted right like he could feel it before they even said it because they didn't even want to ask it was like this is the part of the story i remember and so there's three of them and he's he's saying this with them and or he's you know it's, it's all being shared that that part of the story and then it gets to the point where he's like, I'll grant you your wish. You know, you could, you guys can totally, you don't have to die. Cause that was the thing. It was their wish was that they never had to die out of their bodies. They, their bodies didn't have to die because they wanted to live until he came again. Right? And so he's like, yeah, totally. You guys can totally live and keep ministering and keep helping people until I come again. You don't have to die. Like, you know, and this is hundreds of years ago, right? Like, so it's just so cool. Like that he has the power to do that. Like, I'm just like, sweet, right? Like I love hearing about different things about like powers of love, right? Powers of creation and and all of this kind of stuff. And to know that these, these three people just wanted that, that was their deepest desire. And so sometimes, you know, as I'm going about my day, I remember that story and I'm like, what if I could be that pure hearted to be that person? That would be like, you know what, if I'm going to do anything in my life, could I just be one of those ministering people that just is so willing to help and I don't care about anything else, but I'm just so willing to help, right? To the point where I'll be willing to sacrifice my life to just make sure that people are taken care of. And I'm like, oh man, that's a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing to care so much about the right things, right? Kind of like that that author I was just talking about recently, being shameful for the right reason. And then, as I talked about this, this other speaker, Elder Bednar, that like um, just this concept of like praying for other people, that was my moment. Like my most recent moment of feeling that exact feeling, of feeling shameful for the right reason. And I was like, oh, I do. I feel shame, I feel guilt. For, for allowing myself to step into these situations constantly over and over. And I know that I, I need to be kinder to myself, right? Um, because really, I'm kind of innocent. Like, I'm just this like little girl growing up trying to figure it out. And the thing that I realized is, like, I need to be even more caring about the people that, that I would otherwise not care about, right? So I felt like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. I will be so willing, I will be willing to repent of those ways and the grumpy ways of thinking that it's all on other people and blaming other people for the reason why we're not friends or something, right? And and switching that up and be like, no, I have a responsibility. I can pray for them. That can be my step of faith and my step of desire to start building those, to break down the walls and start building those friendships with whoever. Whoever with everyone, ultimately, right? Everybody that's ever lived, right? But I'll start with, you know, like my family tree, right? And and start there and be like, yeah, like I can pray for people. I totally can. Like I might not be able to have access to every single resource personally. Like I do still have that mime effect and that like in a, you know, in a, in a building where it's just like soundproof and the people I want to serve on the outside, And I feel like when I can access my powers of prayer, though, I actually do feel like it is the power that can disintegrate those walls and make it so then I can actually speak my truth of the light that I want to offer them and that they that 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 light will be able to be sent to them as like as like as if it was like a, a like a like bow and arrow, like I'm shooting um an arrow, kind of like they talk about with the Valentine's Day, there's this Cupid and he's shooting an arrow to hit the heart of someone else. I feel like that's like me. It's like I have my like shiny bow and arrow and I'm shooting my targets. I sh- I'm shooting my arrows of love into the hearts of those people that I'm praying for. And I feel like they actually land. Whether or not they receive it or not is up to them, right? But I really do feel like it lands somewhere close enough to them so that when they're ready for it they'll be ready to pick it up and be like oh what was this for and they'll be able to use it and and i'll be so glad and i'm so happy that it can be an anonymous 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 thing for those that need it to be anonymous and then i'm also happy for it to be a not anonymous thing for those that actually need that too to actually hear it directly from the people that they that love them and they know right so I'm just pondering on all of this because it's just such an epic topic of like me reflecting on the on love because really it's all about love. Right. It's 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 really getting ready to feel the level of love that that I feel like Heavenly Father wanted to offer me in just engaging with my own family. Right. Like and, because I need those. I need those evidence moments where I'm building good memories with my family and that is like an important goal for me so that's been amazing to have that been like knocked down as like a bowling pin thing yes one pin down and just this whole reflective state of thinking about like the things that really mean a lot to me like hearing about another this author person talking about their beautiful experience growing up and their truth moving forward right and oh but also, like, I just have to say that the rest of that talk that she was talking about, she's like, she felt shameful in that moment for the right reason. And then she switched it up, right? Up until that point, she only ever drew pictures of people that were like Caucasian or other ethnicities. And and then it was from that point forward, she said, hey, I started opening up Chinese art books and I started copying them and I started learning the Chinese art right of drawing Chinese people and drawing Chinese structures and all of this kind of stuff and now like to me she's always looked like to me she's always looked like that that lady that is like the classic Chinese author of our time right like there's C.S. Lewis and there's J.R. Tolkien and E.B. White and they were classic writers in their own time right they're people that write stories because they know how to write a good story they're not writing stories to fit in with the the norm of our popular demand right now. They're just good at writing great stories and great pictures and those kinds of things, right? That are just, that last for time and like, they're just timeless, right? So that's what I love about her story. And then and then going back to the Bed story too, like I listened to this talk like, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. And it struck me then and I just felt so glad that I could remember it because, you know, like there's two times a year where I just sit down and listen to talks like for two days and and it's just really fun. You know, I'm doing my busy work kind of stuff and sometimes I actually literally sit down and listen and write and draw or whatever. Um, but this was one of those talks that I listened to like 13 years ago that I was like, oh, And I like wrote notes about it. And I remember just feeling so impacted with just that simple truth that things are created spiritually before they're physically created. And just like knowing that I can be a part of that, you know, like the people that were involved with creating this earth and this world understood those principles. So that's how they did it. That's how they built up the blueprints and all of that kind of stuff. Right. And then for me, how can I adopt a similar thing because basically what i see is i'm at this table with my baby like paint supplies just making a painting right like a tiny little baby painting and like some of my stick figures are kind of off and crooked or whatever and then there's my heavenly parents you know like at the table too and they're making their paintings right and their canvases look a lot different right they don't have the exact same paint supplies i do because i'm just starting right but they have like those paints more they've got like the heavenly creative like juices within their their palette to choose from to make their painting and I'm just like I'm just like peeking at their drawings and peeking at their creations every once in a while while I'm peeking at mine too and I'm just like you know it's it's a wonderful journey it just is it's a wonderful journey to be fumbling along to be clambering through life the way that I am, just in the same way a baby goes from, you know, doing finger painting, and then they finally, like, they eventually get to the point where they can hold a crayon, and then a pencil crayon, and then they can use, like, a paintbrush, and then, you know, like, it's it's incremental, right? And, like, I'm just so happy to be on this journey where I get to sit at the table with these amazing people and learn from them, right? Like... I get to, right? Like, I don't have to be lost in the world. I can actually sit at table every day, anytime I want to. And when I'm talking about sitting at this table with our paintings, really, that's what I see when I'm thinking about prayer. That's what I see when I think about talking with my Heavenly Father about things and just really understanding what is my relationship with Him. I just feel like He gets me, and I get Him. And we are these connected people that are actively in each other's lives. And I'm so honored that I get to make whatever painting I can make for him and show it to him and be like, look what I made. And he honors that. And he's like, you did amazing, right? And he can put it up in his special kind of spot, right? Or like, he can be like, oh, hey, go go and give that to this person or whatever, right? And it's just like, that's how I see all of that, right? And so I'm just, I feel so glad to be who I get to be, who who gets to just like sit at table as often as I can remember to, right? And come back home and be like, hey, mom and dad, like, this is what I saw. This is what I did, da, 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 right? Like, and just have those those moments of check-in with them. You know, like I have instances where I talk with my friends who have teenage kids or young adult kids, and it's so fun to hear how excited they are to have their kids come back. And they're like, oh, I have to block out my whole schedule. I can't meet for this, this, or this because my kid is coming home this day and I'm blocking out the whole week. So we'll have lots of conversation time, lots of open time for them to just spill their guts anytime, right? And I'm just like, I look at that. I'm like, you are a precious soul, right? Like that you would take the time to want to be that person for someone else. And and I'm just, I'm in the learning process of all of this. And I just feel so glad And so glad to just be a part of this whole great work, literally, this great work. Um, I love listening to this song. It's like, this is a great work that you've been given. This is a part of his grand design. Like, seriously, I love it! It's the best!